Hello and welcome to the Dogwood Basketball Show. I am Carter and joining me today is Davis. How are you doing, Davis? What's up? I'm doing pretty good. And Happy uh, the Tar Heels uh, pulled off that victory. Oh yeah, huge weekend of college basketball, which is sort of unusual for this time of the year. So dominated by the NFL and college football that we got some really nice non-conference matchups. The first one, which Davis alluded to, UNC Gonzaga which UNC ended up winning 103-90 to with uh, 20 points from Luke May and a really nice showing from uh, Cameron Johnson as he went 8 for 12 from the field, 6 for 8 from 3. He was just a flamethrower for 25 points. So uh, what were your general impressions about the game, Davis? Uh, yeah, sorry. My audio uh, ducked out a little bit. Um <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, yeah, watching the game felt more like a, well, it was kind of like a relief, um, you know, and it was, for those of y'all that didn't watch it, Carolina played, like, one of the sloppier games, I mean, at least in the past, like, four years. Um, I think <laughs> you think so? 20, yeah, they had 25 turnovers. Wow, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Um, I might be getting that off by, like, one or two, but it was... An absurd amount of turnovers, but then the stat that kept showing up, um, you know, during the game. I so I gotta say this also. Um, I was watching it with a friend, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, uh, Dick Vitale is commentating." <laughs> Hell no! So I instantly muted it before the game even started, and just like listened to music in the background. It was a much better experience. So I recommend that to everybody <laughs> for Dick Vitale commentated games. Um, but so since I wasn't hearing Dick Vitale talk, I could pay attention to all the stats that were, you know, thrown mm-hmm. up on the screen. And at one point, North Carolina had 30 second chance points and Gonzaga had zero. Yeah, the rebounding difference to this game was unbelievable. I think Carolina finished with 42, Gonzaga finished with 21. They literally doubled up the amount of rebounds, which is just insane. Yeah. Uh, and and it's so not like Gonzaga is think... a team which lacks size and athleticism. Because mm, uh, I was thinking about this during the game, they lack they lack some kind of aggressive athleticism. Like they okay. don't play defense very hard. They don't really box out. Yeah, you know, despite um, having bodies like Hachimura and Clark. Yeah. So, like, I need to watch. I probably need to watch it again to see like what's going on. But maybe it's just even like their strength and conditioning. Mm-hmm. Um. You know that they're not. Uh, they just don't put that much effort into like leg strength or something. But they look like little boys, and I think what the game really did more than anything else was just demonstrated the gaps in Gonzaga. I don't think we learned how good UNC was from this game. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, it's like well, it's like uh, this rap song that keeps coming up on my Spotify. Big bank eat little bank. <laughs> it's just like. You know, the Tar Heels are just a stronger version of a Gonzaga team. Um, yeah. 
Well, Gonzaga so, is missing Killian Tilly, who was their highest uh, returning scorer from last season. Uh, Frenchman, who's probably going to be a first-round pick this season. So he was obviously missed. He's a big guy. Yeah, but, it, I mean, Carolina played a bad game, and they were blowing him out. Like, at no point was it a really a close game. And, but no. Roy Williams was, I mean, furious because he was like, we should be putting these guys away by, like, 30 points. Yeah. Um, so... You know, we'll see. There was some really good stuff. Um, you know, Luke May had a better game, especially Best game rebound. of the season so far. Yeah, well, it's so fascinating. He's such a fascinating player. You know, 20 points, 16 rebounds. He out-rebounded guys that are undoubtedly, you know, more athletic in the traditional definition of that word. Mm-hmm. But he's just so active. Um, and he he knows how to use his body. Um, let's see. Seventh Woods had a breakout performance. He the best game I've ever seen him play for Carolina. Well, yeah. At one point, he was six for six from the field, even uh, like hitting jumpers, which I've like never seen him do before. Yeah, so that was pretty cool. Um, you know, I think if Carolina does make a deep run in the tournament, it'll be because of their versatility, which in depth we have a lot of guys who could score. Oh my gosh! I think it's maybe one of the deepest teams in Carolina history. Yeah. Um, you know, when you talk about, you've got guys like Nasir Little, Seventh Woods. I mean, uh, Playtech is a you know a decent long range yeah. threat. Sterling Manley can be a really solid big guy. Yeah, for sure. Um, Leaky Black even had some really key plays, like that steal and dunk he had. I think he yeah. could be really good. Yeah. So you've just got these guys that can come in and and give a spark. Um, you know, and then whereas Gonzaga, you know, um, let me pull up there. Well, a couple guys uh, from Gonzaga, or at least one I was really impressed with, was Perkins, the point guard. I thought he was really nice. Uh, at times, yeah. He kind of held it together for him. Yeah, if they could have been, like, destroyed if it wasn't for him. Like, every time we would hit a three for a little bit, he would answer and hit one on his own. He, like, played some nice press defense. I mean, he, he was locked in. If like if the rest of the team wasn't, at least I thought he was really locked in. Hachimura well, had a really bad game. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, he was shooting like 30%, basically. And only seven rebounds. Mm-hmm. If Yeah, oh my gosh. So he was their leading rebounder with seven in a game where... <laughs> let me see, how many shots were put up total? You had 63. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you had 120, over 125 shots put up. And your leading rebounder grabbed seven boards. It's, like, hard um, to conceive, honestly. Yeah, I think, oh, yeah, so get this. Um, Luke May basically out-rebounded, as far as defensive rebounds goes, Luke May out-rebounded the entire Gonzaga team. <laughs> yeah, that's ridiculous. So there's something going on when your team just... I mean, that's crazy uh, yeah. margin of difference. Um, you know, it kind of you know counters a little bit what we were talking about last time where um, we'd seen a lot of teams actually lose the game after coming out with a significant rebounding advantage just because mm-hmm. of the, the dominance of the long ball. Mm-hmm. But I think this was proof that when you, know, when you really run in a game like this and you get up a lot of shots and you put up... I mean, both teams were putting up high-pressure defense, uh, mm-hmm. So, 
I mean, and a lot can't... of Carolina's success in the past has been built on offensive rebounding. Yes. Like especially the team that beat Gonzaga in the national championship a couple years ago. Like it was just built on Kennedy Meeks and Isaiah Hicks getting offensive rebounds. Yeah, so this bodes well for Carolina team because we don't traditionally win by the three ball. So Yeah. Do you um, still think Gonzaga's a legit Final Four contending team or do you think they were exposed in this one? You know, well, one of the things I'm appreciating more and more, um, actually, and this I think partially has to do with getting more into the UFC and like you know the the fight game, mm-hmm. is that matchups are such a big deal. And like mm-hmm. it's you can't just do like oh, you know UNC destroy Gonzaga and Gonzaga beat Duke, so UNC can beat Duke. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't work that way because I think against a team like UNC, Gonzaga really gets you know flushed out. Um, I think against a team like Michigan, Gonzaga, uh, you know, really gets or looks bad. Or even Tennessee, they mm-hmm. right? They didn't get blown out. But I think teams like Duke, teams like Kansas, um, you know, they could be Kansas. And uh, I, I don't think Kansas deserves their number one ranking right now. It's sort of um, by default that they haven't lost yet, and they were ranked high at the beginning of the year. Yeah, yeah, it's like the college football kind of scenario. Yeah. Um, I mean, they did beat Tennessee, so that makes them look good, but they, they look worrying. They are one of these teams that I think could fall apart really easily. So if mm-hmm. Gonzaga has a good path in the tournament, you know, which is a lot of luck, mm-hmm. and they get good matchups, they could definitely be a Final Four team. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, and this so could we'll be see. a Carolina team that looks really good in some games, so we lose in the second round. Yeah, for sure. Um, because until, um, you know, Kobe White shows that he can make con- consistent good decisions, like we're just not secure at the point guard position, which is a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I did like from uh, Roy Williams, I'm just noticing this now is that uh, Kenny Williams, Cam Johnson, and Luke May all got more than 30 minutes, mm-hmm. which I think is what we need to do. Um, you know, he needs to cut back on the rotation a little bit, and that helped against Gonzaga. Yeah. Um, you know, if you don't like your experienced guys can do a flow, it's not going to be good. So, so uh, yeah. you just mentioned Tennessee, who beat uh, – Gonzaga last week uh, and it's been one of the more impressive teams at the start of the season a lot of people thought they were going to be good coming in maybe they're going to be the best team in the SEC but I mean they've even exceeded the expectations I had for them before the season like Admiral Schofield is like a legit superstar like I didn't yes. see that at all I just thought he was like a big athlete but he's a hell of a shooter and uh, they've got some other really like possible NBA talents on that team yeah, uh, Schofield, like I told you over the phone, like I would, if it was like England and you could make a bet about, you know, like will my son win a PGA uh, tournament or whatever, um, you know, I would be like Schofield will be a starter in the NBA in three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, a guy that has that quick release, uh, he moves that fluidly and he's that strong, like. Really strong in like his core and his like lower body. So he, like even though he's not super tall, he can defend in the post just because he has that like core and lower body strength. Yeah, and shoulders. Like, mm-hmm. dude is jacked. Like he's, um, you know. So uh, yeah, is Tennessee a Final Four team? Definitely. Oh, for and I sure. think they're a Final Four team that um, doesn't have as many uh, matchup problems as a team like Gonzaga or North Carolina. Yeah. Uh, yeah, at least right now. I mean, just, 
you know, they've got better outside shooting than Carolina. They're more physical than Gonzaga. They're a very physical team. Everybody on yeah. that team is, like, <laughs> yoked as hell and like, 6'6 yeah. six, six to 6'8. Six, yeah, and it's also kind of the Gonzaga stereotype. There's a lot of tall guys, but a lot of, like, skinny guys. Yeah. Um, they just don't bang that well. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, well, I'm watching the highlight now of Schofield's three that, you know, buried uh, uh, Gonzaga right over Hachimori's yeah, outstretched He's got confidence. Hand. I mean, he's like yeah. – I mean, I last year I watched him play, and I was like, yeah, this guy's athletic. He's really strong, but, like, is he any more than that? Is he just, like, a good athlete? Is he basically a defensive end who plays basketball? But, like, he's become so much more than that. Yeah, you know, he um, – yeah, he can ball, and he's got work ethic, you know, so – He's just going to get better as the season goes on. Um, Another one of the uh, big uh, non-conference matchups from this past weekend was the team you mentioned before, Kansas, uh, played Villanova and won 74-71, which was sort of weird. Villanova came into this game coming off losses to Penn, and there was another bad loss. I can't remember who it was. But uh, they came into the season high expectations. Awful start to the season so far. Uh, they just get beaten by Kansas, uh, on Saturday, 74, 71. Like I mentioned, what do you think about, uh, about that game? So I watched this game, uh, as I was grading my exam papers. Uh, so I was kind of tuning in and out. Um, but a couple things stood out to me was one is that even though Villanova lost this game, there were chunks of it in which they were definitely in control. Um, they controlled the tempo and, you know, they're definitely outmanned uh, as a squad, you know, and they had to rely on tons of minutes from a couple guys. Mm, uh, like Phil Booth contributed 29 points. Yeah, in 38 minutes, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's how, that's heavy minutes for a college player. Yeah, and you really only had three scores in the game. You had Pascal with 17, Booth with 29, and Gillespie with 15. Mm-hmm. They were only the starting, they had zero bench points. Villanova did. Yeah, that's so not a good literally sign. Literally zero bench points. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, obviously you've got a problem there with personnel. Like, he just, what happened in the recruiting pipeline like, for a couple well, of years. Well, the thing is, he had a really good recruiting class this season. He's just not playing any of the guys. <sighs> like, there was a five-star point guard. I can't remember his name. But uh, after the game, he, like, tweeted out or put on Instagram, like, there's a reason this was my second choice. Because he was originally supposed to go to Arizona before all that uh, DeAndre Aiden stuff came out. And he decommitted and went to Villanova. And now he's, like, not getting dude, any playing time. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> what? That just, that's bad coaching right there. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if one just – you got to give – you got to give guys some minutes. Like, we're looking – <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I yeah. just don't if even you're getting know. zero bench points uh you gotta try something else <laughs> yeah um you even know it's maybe broke. you disagree with him personally on like maybe he has training issues or give him some like uh lift during practice something like that but eventually you just have to accept we're limited on talent we got to play our talented guys. well and you got to build trust with your players and yeah. you can come down hard on them in practice and you know teach them and deprive them of the minutes they want but you got to Give him an opportunity to say, Coach, like I'm willing, I'm willing to listen. I'm willing to play how you want me to play. Like put me in the game, you know. And then you can develop a relationship. But 
I mean, that's just, I don't know. Every situation is going to be different, but geez. Like, they definitely needed a spark. They needed to switch things up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I've watched Kansas struggle in a couple games, um, and they come across as kind of an undisciplined team. They've gotten very lucky in these wins against Villanova um, and Stanford. Mm-hmm. And even um, Tennessee took them to overtime and maybe should have won. Yeah. So, you know, I just don't know. Um you know, obviously, uh, Lawson is mm-hmm. a, you know, he's a, a stud. Beast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then LeGerald Vick, who, who actually Bill self told him he wasn't going to be on the team this year after the end of last season. He said, you can go to the NBA or you can transfer, but you're not going to be a Candace Jayhawk. Then all of a sudden he's like their best player. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's, um, it's an unpredictable game. And I mean, uh, but once again, looking at the stat sheet, it's huge deficiencies for Kansas. Get this, right? So Lawson and Vic combined for 57 points. Wow. Great. Right? Then you had Dotson, uh, since guard, 11 points. The rest of the team had four points. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, this dude, uh, Garrett, one of their starting guards, 0 uh-huh. for 4 from the field, 37 minutes. And one That's point. Insane. How I could, I could play thirty-seven minutes in a Division One game and score more than one. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, some of my middle schoolers could like <laughs> one point. Uh, so I don't know. It seems they're clearly lacking real depth. Um, which you know, I mean, uh, is always just one injury away from a broken season. Oh yeah, if um, Lawson or Vic went down, they'd be totally up shit creek. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just like what happened with UVA, you know, losing a key player right before the tournament. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I I could see Kansas being an early exit from the tournament. Um, well, but it, you know, ho- hopefully they get tested in the Big 12. I know everyone always says the Big 12 is the best conference in basketball, yet Kansas wins it every year. So I have a little trouble wrapping my head around how that's possible. That a team well, I think it's an, yeah, it's an overrated conference. So, but every year they're the best conference, but there's no parody in it at all. Yeah, we all know that's just because of the the hype train for yeah. national television. So they got to get some <laughs> some non coastal teams uh, in there. Uh, um, speaking of which, though, um, Michigan. Just to mention for a second, uh, you know, I don't know. They've had some close games. Um, yeah, they, but, Western Michigan was beating them or within two at halftime uh, this past weekend. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, from watching them play a little bit this season, I think that's going to be a problem for them as they enter. Um, Just not getting you know, separation from teams that are worse than them? Yeah, kind of like UVA's problem and playing down to the competition because yeah. they're a very emotional team. Like, yeah, it's, they got so hyped against Carolina. Like, yeah, you know, and they really feed off of each other defensively. But, you know, sometimes it's hard to get hyped to play, you know, a Tuesday night conference game Against or a Nebraska. Western Michigan. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, looking at their schedule moving forward, it's going to be interesting. They're one of the, you know, they're undefeated. And, um, you know, I think the Big Ten is not – I mean, they who ended up winning the ACC Big Ten Challenge? Yeah, I think it ended up being a tie 7-7. Yeah. So even though they did pretty well in that, like... That's just a weird matchup thing, too. 
Well, yeah, they didn't set it up with like best on like best. Like UVA kinda... should have played Michigan, and <laughs> yeah, um, who knows how they figured those things out? Uh, <laughs> yeah. But like Michigan State's the only like elite level team. Um, like maybe Wisconsin, right? That Wisconsin's they're gonna have had to play. a pretty rough year. Indiana so. is going to be okay. They've got some talent. Like Romeo Langford is a really good player for Indiana. They actually had a crazy win over Butler this weekend uh, on a ridiculous uh, three-pointer as the buzzer went uh, when they played that game in Indianapolis. It's actually a really fun game. But, yeah, Indiana's got some I talent. They might be on the rise. Uh, but, yeah, the Big Ten, it's pretty much just Michigan and Michigan State. Um, yeah, so Michigan could go through the conference with, like, two losses, right? Yeah. So I think looking like forward, um, you know, they're just a, a potential number one seed. I don't know. I think they've a huge shot at the Final Four, but I think mm-hmm. if I had to place a bet, I'd say they're a number one seed going into the uh, the tournament. Mm-hmm. And you just mentioned uh, UVA. Have you gotten a chance to watch them a decent amount this season? Uh, not as much as I would have liked. Um, what's the name of that guard, though? Jeez. Oh, their, the freshman uh, point guard. Yeah, uh, I can't remember, but I love him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm pulling up their their roster right now. Uh, I need a... having a really good start to the season. Uh, he's a great college level point guard. It's six five. Big point guards can be dominant in college basketball. You're talking uh, about Ty Jerome. You said? Yeah, yeah. Well, he's he can pass over people, and he's so quick. Yeah, he's a very quick, uh, big point guard. Yeah. Um, and he just like wants the ball. Like he's like not yes. afraid of the moment. He like wants to take ISOs and score, which is something yeah. you really want out of a point guard. He's got game, and he <laughs> he scores for a um a UVA point guard, which is mm-hmm. yeah. He's not like a London Perantes who you kind of wish he would take a little more initiative and like try and get his own buckets. But he was always a pass first kind of mm-hmm. guy. And that's worked for UVA in the past, but I, Jerome offers like a different sort of dimension to previous UVA point guards we've seen. And I, I mean, he might be like the best one they've had. And he's only a junior, right? Mm-hmm. He yeah. might go to the NBA this season. Uh, he's projected like an early second round, late first round kind of pick. Um, DeAndre Hunter's for sure gone after this season, but UVA's oh. sort of lucky to have him already. Uh, Hunter's scary good. Yeah, he's, uh, yeah. It's almost yeah. like a better version of Hachimura, who's like a little more polished and like knows what to do a little bit more. Yeah, a little. Yeah, not doesn't get as rattled. I mean, he's better coached as well. Um, <laughs> oh, taking shots at Mark Few. <laughs> yeah, I'll throw shots at Mark Few, telling Marines to hush down at the. Oh, camp. you're never gonna forget that. <laughs> Jeez, no. <laughs> that was just like the level of uh, yeah. You just got to know your place sometimes. Um, but, yeah. Man, we'll people see. are I mean, saying UVA might be the last uh, team in college basketball to lose this season. Yeah, well, they, the way they play is just um, they. it's hard to beat them, you know? Do you think they're favorites uh, for the ACC this year? Huh. Yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, I guess I so. have more faith in them Duke. than I have in Duke. Yeah, I think Duke's just going to be more volatile, you know, they're or mer- mercurial, to use a good vocab word. <laughs> yeah, uh, they're going to lose their first away game, as is tradition. Yeah, and <laughs> all the freshmen will start, like, jawing at each other, and uh, Coach K will shake his head and get red on the bench, but he doesn't have any power over his players anymore, <laughs> so it's 
it's going to be a whole thing. Dick Vitale will be going like, oh, like, you know, they should know better with Coach K. Uh, um, it's, yeah, it'll be a whole song and dance. But yeah, and another ACC team it. that dark horse to win it is Virginia Tech. They've been really good to start the season. Uh, yeah, I, I was maybe hating on them a little bit premature. So. Oh, yeah, the one loss at Penn State in the ACC Big Ten Challenge, which is pretty fluky. Uh, and they've got some big wins. They beat Purdue earlier in the season. They just dominated Washington over the weekend. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, they've got some really nice players. Like Nikhil Alexander-Walker, I think, is great. Justin Robinson is really good. I think he's one of the better point guards in the ACC. Um, but, yeah, did you see – I don't remember which metric it was. It was, like, the BPI maybe. But the ACC had four of the top five teams in the uh, in the ranking system. Well, is UVA, Duke, Pong. UNC, and Virginia Tech were four of the top five. Hmm. Yeah. In yeah, Ken Palm, it's three of the top four. Yeah, and Virginia Tech's eleven. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't get how Ken like Nevada, you know, is the top ten team right now, but they don't really have a quality win from mm-hmm. what I can see. Yeah, their strength of schedule is eighty nine. That really hampers them. Yeah, and sometimes those things don't come through in the Ken Palm ratings. Um, mm-hmm. It seems like there's some weird weightings there. But well, yeah, I so, think at this point in the season, some of it's still uh, projections from the off season. I don't know if there's enough of a data set for the regular season for that to all be in it. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah, it'll get more accurate as it goes mm-hmm. on. Yeah, yeah, because Nevada is a weird team where they're undefeated now. Once they get into the conference, they're not going to be challenged. So. Yeah, exactly. I think they could be one of these weird teams that is like a number two. Uh, well, if they're undefeated, you know, they're going to be a one seed. Yeah, that's true. If they will be, if they go undefeated, which I would, I doubt will happen. But who well, knows? I don't know. I think it's very possible. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So if they they could be a favorite, or they would be a good bet to go out early potentially in the tournament, since they're basically going to be untested. Are you just hating um, on Nevada? <laughs> Yeah, maybe I shouldn't, but I don't know. Like, I just I don't know what the big deal is. Uh, so. They've got a lot of high quality players. They got some transfers in. Um, uh, one who's a alum of my high school where I teach. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Um, he's not getting any minutes. He's a junior transfer from a like you know from here in Boston. Okay. Um, but yeah, it looks like the toughest game that they play the rest of the season is away at Utah. I wasn't very impressed by it. I saw Utah play a little bit um, on Saturday and not super impressive. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll see. Um, yeah, I know a game looking ahead to this week, one you're looking forward to is Buffalo versus Syracuse, which is going to be on Tuesday night. Uh, Buffalo is undefeated at this point in the season, been one of the sort of surprise stories of the college basketball season so far. I have to admit, I have not watched them play yet, but I'm excited to see them in action tomorrow night. Yeah, me neither. Um, I'm, hopefully I'll be able to catch the second half of this one. At, um, you know, I get back uh, in Virginia, um, maybe listen to the first half on the radio. Um, but it's just cool. You know, we're kind of into the doldrums of college basketball, um, you know, until we get things popping with the regular season conference mm-hmm. play. So usually December is where you get the power guys against the powder puffs. But yeah, um, now we've got, you know, this kind of 
a weird matchup. Buffalo, normally not ranked, is playing one of the blue bloods of college basketball who's you know, not is they're kind of struggling. Um, so if Syracuse wins, it kind of puts them back to the contention of, okay, maybe they're legit. If Buffalo wins, and it definitely adds uh, some legitimacy to, you know, their top 15 spot. Oh, yeah. If they win, all of a sudden it's like, oh, my gosh, Buffalo might be, like, a top four seed in the NCAA tournament at the end of the year. Yeah. So I think this is, that's a cool matchup. Um, so. And then Duke plays mighty Princeton at home tomorrow. <laughs> Just showing off Mike Krzyzewski's incredibly difficult non-conference schedule that he just loves testing his young players getting them ready for the conference slate just bringing in (laughs) the big guns like princeton and i think they had yale visit durham earlier this season just you know getting getting the nba bodies into durham to really test them out Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's all about that that Ivy League connection that they have down at Duke. That storied, you know, university founded by a tobacco baron. Um, yeah. Um, you yeah, know, we'll see with Duke, though. You know, it would be funny to me for them to drop one of these games, you know, just with these young guys maybe sleeping on a team like Princeton or, yeah. and you know. They haven't played in a little while. This is sort of like when everybody's got finals and stuff like that. Maybe their head's not totally into the game. Finals? I don't, what are you talking about finals? Dude, <laughs> basketball. <laughs> hey, Zion's still going to class. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I hope. Uh, I hope. Um, I've always wondered about the eligibility. I guess really what they have to do is they have to pass the exams. But then once they don't have to go to class second semester. Well, they do until they don't. <laughs> yeah. They do yeah. until they declare for the NBA draft, and then they just drop out of school. Yeah. But, I mean, it's probably pretty minimal even before then. You know, oh, if you're someone sure, who's... Yeah. You know, basically, you know, like uh, like Williamson. Um, I don't think you know. a lot of them take like the full fifteen credit hour loads. No, you life. could you could probably take like one credit hour or something. No, two credit it's hours. Like nine. <laughs> you take one class. No, so that'd be can't. three credit hours. I don't think you're officially enrolled if you only take one class. Hmm. I think it has to be like three. <laughs> What about basket weaving with uh, Carson Palmer or whatever uh, his last semester? Oh, you mean Matt Leinert with the ballroom Matt dancing? Leinert. Yeah, yeah, that's sorry. <laughs> I think he was like already graduated. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, not a ton of uh, huge matchups uh, this week, except for next Saturday we've got UNC playing uh, Kentucky and Chicago. We'll see if uh, Kentucky back can bounce back to their early season mess. Apparently, yeah. Uh, in the Wildcat Nation, people are getting upset with Calipari and thinking maybe it's time to move on. Finally. Jeez. Yeah, I always talk with – we've got a, a friend of ours, Chris, who's a big Kentucky fan. And I know even since the beginning, a lot of Tucky, Kentucky faithful have been kind of ambivalent about, um, you know, this kind of system. And, you know, at first when it was it was working, the whole one-and-done thing, um, you know, people were loving it, but – I mean, it's a flawed system. You Every year has to be... And just as a fan, you'd like to have guys like... Uh, like at UVA, the Ty Jeromes and Kyle guys, and at UNC, like the Luke Mays and Kenny Williams, who are, like, are there for three yeah. or four Malcolm years. Malcolm Brogdon. And, you yeah. Know, to get someone like Malcolm Brogdon to stick around for you know four years, right? Yeah. He was, played his senior yeah, year. Yeah, he played, yeah, four years. 
Well, in um, Kentucky, it's they're in and they're out, and you don't get any real time to like actually enjoy them as players. Yeah. So looks like well, who they they lost to Duke and Seton Hall. Mm-hmm. I think they've got four losses maybe at this point in the season. No, it's only two. Oh, okay. Yeah, they've just been unimpressive in the other games, I guess. And well, they haven't beaten anybody. They yeah. lost, the only team they've played is Duke. They've, um, I mean, uh, otherwise you've got VMI, Tennessee State, Monmouth, University. Well, and it's UNC, just they're so clearly Pittsburgh. not the best team in the SEC this year because Tennessee is like, when they play Tennessee, is going to wipe the floor with them. Yeah, that'll be nice. <laughs> that'll be when we see that when at Rupp Arena, Tennessee beats Kentucky like eighty to forty. <laughs> And just all the Kentucky yeah. fans are throwing their their wild turkey bourbon liquors onto the floor. <laughs> yeah, Calipari will have to get his butt back to Rhode Island. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think he's going to go to Sacramento Kings or something like that. Maybe the Pelicans. Yeah, I, I don't know if... Yeah, it'll be interesting, the transition to the NBA, but... Um, but that's a big matchup next Saturday. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll be on the road again. Oh, it's on CBS. Yeah. It's part of that, like, uh, I can't remember that the freaking name of it, but it's the one with Ohio State, UCLA, UNC, and Kentucky every season. Yeah, it's like the pre-Christmas. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wake Forest plays Tennessee on Saturday. This coming Saturday? Yeah, your second 22nd. team. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, hey, that'd be a great opportunity for them to make a statement, but I'm not banking on it. Oh, no, neither am I. But yeah, not a ton happening in the college basketball world uh, as we sort of head into the conference play that's going to start at the end of the month and beginning of January. But uh, uh, who are you saying is the best team in college basketball right now to sort of close out this episode? Mm, yeah, so I'm still going to go with Michigan. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, you just think their defense is so good? Yeah, and they can. their defense is so good... Um, yeah, so they share that in common with UVA, but they're more explosive than UVA. So yeah. they can stop you and they can get to it. Like UVA will kind of slowly build a lead, you know, but Michigan can just put people under. Um, mm-hmm. The way that they crushed North Carolina, I mean, was like violent. Um, <laughs> yeah, it really was. It was like, whoa. It reminded uh, me of a few years ago when uh, Carolina played at Indiana and just got totally wiped off the floor. You know, the what it reminded me of the most was um, when we got destroyed by Kansas oh, in, in the, the final, final four. four. <laughs> yeah, back in two thousand eight. Yeah, two thousand eight. Uh, and there was yeah, there was this feeling of just like total despair. Like we just shouldn't even be on the court. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, and to yeah to do that against North Carolina in a big hype up game like that is something. Um, and it was at home. You know. And, yeah. The crowd definitely played a factor there, but I'm sticking with UVA. This is my okay. best team in the country. That would be as, a great as, matchup. Oh, it really would be. And as much as people love shitting on UVA, I and like, oh, you know, and obviously they'll have the stigma with them. I don't know how long it's going to last. That they were the first one to lose to a 16 seed. I mean, that'll probably stick with Tony Bennett the rest of his career, but. This is one uh, of the not better if they, Not if they win the national championship. Exactly. Sure. I think they're going to bounce back from that because, you know, last year, it can't get any worse than that. 
you can play without any fear because you you lived through the worst experience in basketball that you're gonna have. So they're gonna come into the tournament ready to just mess people up. And that'd be a Disney movie, man. <laughs> it really would. I DeAndre Hunter is a game changer. Like UVA doesn't generally have an athlete like him. Like he's gonna be a top ten pick. Um, like they've had guys like Brogdon and like Joe Harris who are really good players and NBA players who are, you know having successful NBA careers, but DeAndre Hunter is, like, next level. And I love Ty Jerome. I love Kyle Guy. Jack Salt, even though he's very, very uh, deficient on the offensive end, is a really big body and is very willing to set high ball screens, which uh, uh, you don't see from, like, Duke. Like, nobody screens for anybody on Duke. <laughs> like, Jack Salt is, like, the most willing screener I've ever seen. Yeah, don't sleep on uh, Diakite as well. Mm. Um, you know, slowly gotten better. He's like the, you know, they're really lanky big man. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean they've uh, they've got a team, man. Oh, they've got a team. I mean, obviously they're not going to go undefeated because they play in the ACC. But I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of the season they only had one or two losses. Uh, Kahai Clark, I think, is the. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He's the freshman. The new freshman. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. let's kind of wrap it up for this week on the Dogwood Basketball Show. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, say bye, Davis. See y'all. Uh, see y'all next time. <laughs> yeah, and we will be with you again uh, sometime in the near future. Not exactly sure. Yeah, thanks for listening. We never gon' lose, never gon' lose, cause these bitches gon' choose. These bitches gon' be who they is. Walking and talking like classic, you hold to your heart, you a hold to your heart. You know I be working that boy, I'm employed. Serving that boy out the back of the yard. Fuck on your horns, you playing my cards. Rip out the whip, put up in the garage. Sip on the lean like a fifth for the dog. Hop in the spurt in my hop in the porch. Tell it and rally and gather the squad. Yeah, gather the squad. Me and my niggas are motherfucking tight. You can't even tell us apart. Fuck a bitch every single day and night. Ain't nothing but an avatar. Ballet the car on the curl like I'm swerving on alcohol. Get the vibe on the burgers and the Xanax like they some Tylenol. I remember night in Europe saying we ain't falling off. I'm on a lot of green and got a house green when I hit the plane and I'm boarding. I got a magazine with no vaccine.